Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap tonight. Come on, he deserves all the praise. You do better than that. Give the Lord a big hand clap tonight. Tell him how much you love him tonight. Amen. Oh, man, you look good tonight. You know, I'm glad you didn't go out to dinner and you came to church, man. Listen, you're, you're going to get more transformation being here than getting a good meal, I'm telling you. This is a different type of meal, right? I mean, this is a meal that lasts you a long time. I'm believing for that at least tonight. Amen. But I'm so proud of you for taking time out tonight and being God's house. Listen, he's going to make your week better this week because you took time out for him. How many believe that? That's how God works. When you put him first... You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Turn to somebody, give them a fist pump, and tell them you're glad to see him tonight. Oh, man, it's been good uh, being here with you all, and, and I'm going to say it again. How many love your pastors? Come on. Pastor Andre, Pastor Leanne. Uh, they've really blessed me this week, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for your friendship, and uh, the hospitality is is through the roof um, here from your team and all that they poured out and poured into me. Listen, you guys have blessed me far more than I've blessed you. And I'm grateful uh, to be back in South Africa, to be here at View Church. And, you know, I have so many, there, there are so many ties. You know, we, we launched a Champions Club uh, at the Hope Village in Mongu. And, uh, and you know, I, I know Paul and Marionette. I had no idea this was the church they came out of. And then I'm looking at Bradley and all these guys, and I'm like going, man, this is a great church. Wow. I mean, you've got Pastor, you've got all, like there's legacy all sitting on the front row and all throughout this congregation. And that's a sign of a healthy church, right? And I was telling the crowd this morning, you know, a sign of a vibrant church is, is you'll find that out when you get in the parking lot, right? I mean, when you first come in. And I got here today, and I'm telling you, I had like three or four guys, they're taking me to my car parking spot, right? I've never seen guys so excited to park us today, man. I go, this must be a vibrant, great church, you know? It, it's amazing. I travel, I travel around the world a lot, and uh, man, I'm, I'm just so honored to be a part. I'm a part of you, church, and I got the God can. Let's go. I got, I got my shirt, you know, on. Pastor Joel says, if you've come three times, you're a member. So I'm a member, you know. I've been here now four times, actually. And I want to be a visitor, actually. Anybody get, giving away four drinks, you know, for coming here, I just want to lift my hand every service, pocket those drinks, you know, for the next time I come. But, uh, man, we're glad to, glad to have you guys tonight and glad to be here. And I'll, I'm, we're going to be going to the art conference, and, and I'll be there. And, and uh, one of our guys, how many has ever heard of Torn Wells? Anybody ever heard of Torn Wells before? So Torn's in our church, and he's about to plant a church, and he's going to be at the art conference, actually. And uh, I'm introducing him to South Africa. And, uh, you know, the great thing, and I found this to be true with your, your team here, the great thing is, uh, you know, when, when God gives you favor, favor shouldn't change you. Favor should humble you. <laughs> and it should help you realize, man, what a privilege it is to do anything for Jesus. And, and I, I, I tell people this all the time. Man, if, 
if it was just Andre and me tonight, I would give you 110%. Because what a privilege. I, I can't even believe I'm here. I mean, I'm in South Africa at one of the greatest churches in Cape Town. How in the world did I get here, right? Man, God's good, isn't he? He just is so good. Well, I want to talk to you tonight on something that's really close to my heart because I feel like a lot of people are going through things. And, and all of us are going through something at some time, right? And, uh, you know, but I, I think many of us uh, find ourselves that we've had this dream. Maybe we've wanted to start a business. Maybe we've, we've uh, wanted to, to branch out in some way. Maybe we want to see our kids come back to Christ. Maybe there, there, there could be so many dreams that are out there right now. But in, instead of we seeing those dreams come to pass, we kind of find ourselves in the tent, Right? You know, you know, being in a tent, kind of a, a covering, and we're working through it. And I want to speak to you tonight on get out of the tent and look up at the stars. And if you want to turn your Bibles with me right now to Genesis chapter 12, and I just want to kind of give you a picture of this. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and I'm going to speak out of the New Living Translation tonight. But this is kind of saying the scene, so... Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. This is starting to get good, right? I will bless you and make you famous. This is really getting good. And you will be a blessing to others, and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Let's pray real quick. Father, I just thank you for this time together, God, that we can just share tonight. And I, I believe, Lord Jesus, something is going to shift in the atmosphere tonight. I believe, God, we didn't just come here to, to go to church. But God, I, I, I come to church to have transformation take place. And, and Father, I don't know what people are walking through. I don't know where they're at. I don't know what dreams are in their heart. I don't know, um, God, God, their situation, their story, but you know everything. And Father, you have brought us here tonight for such a time as this. This is not by accident. This is, this is not by chance. God, you have brought us here tonight to talk to each other. And Father, you are going to do something unusual tonight. You're going to do something unique in the lives of people tonight. So we're just going to give you the praise, honor, and glory right away for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I read a story of a person walking in the pitch dark night, late, it was kind of in late May in, in South Carolina. And they broke from the stuffy, kind of shadow of the palmetto trees that were there that's, that's pretty famous in South Carolina onto a shimmering expanse of the Atlantic Ocean, the beach there. And the lampless beach was lit by stray atmospheric light reflecting off the deep waves. And the lighter it got, the lighter the stretches of sand. 
And as they wandered down the beach to the surf, eyes adjusting to the patchwork of darkness around them, the dark of the sand clashing with the dark movement of the ocean, they begin to notice this source of light. And the waves were, were dotted with phosphorescent algae that bobbed in the foam on the waves that hit the shore. And the algae reflected a light coming from above them. And one of them looked up and her eyes were greeted by the massive expanse of stars spread across the sky. And her jaw literally dropped. And her neck craned back to look at these stars and take the entire shoreline of star-filled sky. And they sat on the beach and dipping their toes in the glowing foam and, and staring at the dazzling scrim of stars all around them. And that night on the beach in South Carolina was the first time one of the girls had ever seen, really seen, the full night sky. You see, most of the time, we don't see the full night sky. We only see one small part of it. And current scientific calculations estimate that there are a septil... I'm going to say that again. Septillion stars in the universe. Think about that for a minute. That it's 10 to the 24th power. From our Earth, however, only 5,000 of those stars are visible. And to a single human observer on the Earth, even fewer can be seen at one time. And since half of these are hidden by the Earth itself, most of the time you can't see it. An entire horizon drenched in stars, yet many times we're only looking at the smallest fraction of the universe stars. Think about that for a minute. It's mind-boggling because when you look up at the stars, to see the beauty of this star, it, it, it lit universe with, with, where we're constantly shining and it's beautiful, but behind the opaque shield of our daylight, it's soaked in the atmosphere. And if you're going about your work day or you sit on, on a hot summer afternoon and the stars are still there, still lighting up the dark of space, but the problem is you don't see them. That's how our lives are many times, isn't it? <laughs> you know, when we're going through a difficult time, when we're going through a different, difficult struggle, God is actually shining down on us, but we don't see it. Because there's something covering that up. There's a veil. There, there's clouds over that. And even though God is working behind the scenes on our behalf, we don't see what he's doing so many times we want to give up. Maybe we, we quit trying. Maybe we think our dream's over, whatever it might be. In the book of Genesis, this recollection of the night sky in the midst of day becomes a crucial image of faith because to believe there are stars in the sky, even when you can't see them, is faith. <laughs> and in life, many times, I think, we have a hard time believing that God would provide for us even when we could not possibly see a way that it could happen. And we've been there. All of us have been there. Some of you are listening to me right now and thinking, you have no idea, Pastor Greg. I mean, I'm in the middle of a challenge right now. And I have this big dream, and I don't see any way for it to come to pass. 
that happens to other people, and, 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 you know, it doesn't happen for me. That happens to somebody else. They hit it big, not me. How many has ever seen the lotto? Do you have the lotto in South Africa? All right. So we have the lotto in America, right? And, and you know, <laughs> a lot of people buy a lot of lottery tickets before. And, the, you know, I've seen people even pray over lottery tickets, right? They're praying, God, right now multiply this in Jesus' name. And, and, and then, you know, they prayed. They're believing to hit the lotto. And then all of a sudden, some random guy in a gas station shows up. And he happens to buy one ticket that wins millions of dollars, right? So, so since we never see the big payday in our lives, you know, sometimes it's difficult to believe it will ever happen for us. We claim to trust God, right? But many of us are usually working overtime to make sure we are creating our own happiness rather than believing God for our happiness. We're setting up enough contingency plans and safety nets so that we will never feel disappointed by God's plans. We've all done it at different times. Sometimes it's when we lose faith. Sometimes it's just who we are. Sometimes we've never seen a big miracle happen in our life. We've heard about it. We've seen other people testify about it, but we've never seen that in our own life. But the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, that's an amazing verse to hold on to. As a matter of fact, if you come to Lakewood Church and you're going out, that's going to be the verse you see across one of the big walls at our church because that's a promise. That's a promise that God gives. The hard part is waiting for the plan to materialize and take shape. That's a hard part for us. And that's where we end up finding ourselves in the tent. <laughs> we go in the tent. Many times when we don't see things happen, we try to protect ourselves. Play it safe from the elements. Make sure we don't get hurt. We try to work off of our leadership ideas and what we can do rather than believing for God ideas and what he can do. See, a good idea is where you'd say, I wish I would have thought of that. A God idea is where you'd say, I would have never thought of that. And I see more people looking for good ideas and great ideas than people looking for God ideas. A good idea and great idea will only take you so far. If you have, let's say, 250 you know, and you have a good or great idea, maybe that takes you a 500. But if you have a God idea, it'll take you places you never thought you would go. And it will accelerate and catapult you. As a matter of fact, God ideas, what they do, what it takes man 100 years, God ideas can happen in 10 seconds. It can happen in one encounter. It can shift everything. And I was telling the team today, I see so many people, so many leaders, that they are praying more for good ideas and great ideas rather than waiting on God for God ideas. And I've never gotten a God idea from a conference. I've never gotten a God idea from really someone else unless God brought that around. The only time I've ever gotten a God idea is from sitting at Jesus' feet. 
And God wants us to begin to draw to him because he wants to do things for us. The challenge is we're in the tent. (laughs) We're playing it safe. We're looking for good ideas and great ideas. And he's saying, you know what? I didn't come to be served. You're working for me. I came to serve you. But if you don't allow me to serve you, I can't do all that I want to do in your life. It's the Mary Martha principle, right? You know, Martha's so busy doing things for God. You know, she, she, she's in the tent. She's working hard. She's preparing things. But, but she's not doing the one thing that God asks her to do. And Mary is. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. And she's receiving from God. You know, Abraham's about to find this out. That the way that we try to make things happen is different than the way that God tries to make things happen. In Genesis chapter 12, the biblical narrative finally introduces us to our famous Father Abraham. Did you guys ever sing that song, Father Abraham, have many sons? Yeah, hey, there we go. (laughs) If you grew up in church, you remember that song, right? Well, at this point in history, Abraham has not received his calling from God and still goes by the name of Abram. But when God calls Abram, like you heard in that scripture, he makes him three promises, okay? Number one, he will bring him into a land that God will show him. Number two, he will make him a great nation. And number three, he will make Abram's name great. Now, here's the thing. When God gives you a promise, he's not going to just give you a promise. He's usually going to give you a plan, right? But when we get the promise, we don't want the plan. We want the promise right away, right? We're a fast food generation, right? We want it quick. We don't want crock pot. We want a microwave, right? Now, the thing of it is, is that if you wait for the crock pot, right, the slow cooker, it's going to be so much better, isn't it? I mean, you get the microwave, it heats it, it's good, but the, the crock pot, it, it melts those juices together, and that meat just falls off the bone, and it's so good. And if you wait for it, man, you know, America, we love tacos, right? And if you wait for that brisket taco meat to get in there, and you, you put a little avocado and lime and stuff like that, if you wait for it, man, oh, that bite is awesome, right? If you microwave the taco, yeah, it's heated, right? <laughs> but it's not that great. It's not near as good as a crock pot. That's what we like, right? So Abram's probably no different than us. So I can imagine when he gets that, that promise, those three promises, I can imagine Abram is getting ready to cash his lotto ticket right now, Right? I mean, when God makes a promise, he obviously keeps his promises. And so he's probably thinking, I'm about to hit it big time. Then, like so many things in life, we get the promise, and it's crickets. Crickets everywhere. And think about Abram for a minute, right? Followed by Abram, who gets famine. (laughs) He doesn't just get crickets it gets fall with famine. Now that's tough, right? You get the promise, it's crickets, and now it's famine. And then it kind of goes on. Egypt, he goes to Egypt where the Pharaoh takes his wife, okay? And, and takes Abraham's wife and, and 
Of course, that's a bummer right there. And it's probably good if Abram would have told Pharaoh that Sarah was not his sister. That would have been good. But he tells him his sister, and out of fear of being killed, he said he was her brother, but actually she was his wife. And here's what I love about God. While he's taking you on this journey, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't doesn't forget you. In spite of this, in spite of Abram making these mistakes, God is still going to keep his promise, even when we mess up. That's the amazing thing about God. You know, life is messy, isn't it? But thank goodness God isn't. (laughs) And then Abraham's much-loved cousin Lot, you know, he's taken captive. And it just seems like it just gets worse and worse. And I'm I'm sure Abraham, he's thinking at this point, you know, what happened to the promises? What happened to what God, have you ever been there? You, you, you got this promise. God gave you this vision. God gave you this idea. You knew it was from God, but, but, but it's not coming to pass. And obviously, Abraham is shaken right here. But, but all the time, God is still speaking. And he's offering encouragement. And he says in 15 verse 1, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I've got you. It's okay. You see, God never goes back on his word. If he told you it will happen, it will happen. What he promised, he will deliver. He knows what he can do, but what God wants to know is can you handle what he is about to give you? Now that's the key, right? You say, I want I want your blessings. I want this, 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 these promises, God. And God says, wait a second. You know, God knows that, it, that he can give you the promises, but if you can't handle the promises that, that he's about to give you, what good is it for him to bless you with them if you can't even handle it? And many times, we're not ready for the promises that God is about to give. Many times, God has to take us through some things, and that's what he's doing with Abram right here. He's taking him through some things because what he's about to do for him is it's huge. It's big. I mean, he's about to tell him something that not many people get told. Not many promises like this get fulfilled, and he's about to tell him this, and and so he's needing Abram to stay in there. He wants to bless him, but he's not ready. It's like those who win the lottery, right? They say roughly 70% lose it all within five years. Think about that for a minute. Regardless of how much their winnings were, 70% lose it when they win big. And for one thing, everyone, what happens when you get a lot of stuff that you never had before? People start asking for money, right? It strains your relationships. It's amazing when you get money. It just changes everything, right? It changes people for the worse. They beca- you become a target for swindlers. People find out you've got money. Somebody in the neighborhood just got money, man. <laughs> hey, we're going to figure out how to get that. You know, I read this story the other day about his name's Abraham Shakespeare. <laughs> and this is a true story. In 2006, he won $17 million in the Florida lottery, Right? And so many people were asking him for money that he reportedly told his brother, I'd be better off broke. And after winning his jackpot, a person came to him wanting to write a book about his experiences and help him manage his money. Unfortunately, 
Just three years after Shakespeare won the lottery, this person took his life and took his money. God is no dummy. (laughs) He knows if he gives you the promise before it's time, it will do you no good. He needs to test you and get you ready for that. So don't get discouraged when you're going through the testing. The promise is still on its way. He just wants to get you prepared for the promise. And this is when you're in the tent. And Abraham had to walk through these tests to be ready to receive the tidal wave. The big promises. See, but now, Abram, what is he? Like a lot of us, he's a bit more skeptical, Pastor. You know, he's skeptical of God's promises. Now he's asking for signs that God will be faithful. Because he's skeptical. He hasn't seen anything. God, that's how we get many times. When we don't see things happen, we get down. We get skeptical. We start asking God why. And, and, and you know, God's made some pretty big promises and hasn't delivered in, on any of them at this point. So Abraham's saying, you know, I appreciate the encouragement, God, but throw me a bone here, right? I mean, I, not one of these promises have come to pass. So, so he starts to protest to God, and he starts to protest with God. And, and that's a lot of times what we do. When we don't see the promise, we start protesting and getting upset at God. And why isn't this happening? And we start putting conditions on God. And then God says, uh, or Abraham says, will, will my servant get my blessings? He's pointing to God's unfulfilled promises. Will my servant get my blessings instead of me? Is somebody else going to get it? He says, you know, will I ever be able to get these blessings? And I love how patient God is with Abram right here. He could have said, I'm not doing anything until he becomes grateful for what I've already done. God could say that. What a crybaby. (laughs) Right? I mean, I've still been walking with him. You know, favor isn't fair, Abram. You know, you got to work through this. No, he gently takes him aside. And he takes him outside of his tent. And he instructs him to look up at the sky. He says, I've got you. I've never left you. I always keep my promises. Even if you don't, Abram, I keep my promises. Ooh, that's, that's for somebody today. God's got you. He's not forgotten you. He's never left you. He's keeping his promises. And just a few verses later, the writer of Genesis sets the scene of God and Abram beginning their covenant with this telling phrase, as the sun was going down. Chapter 15, verse 12. And you see, kind of like that story I told you at the beginning, the sun has been shining throughout this previous dialogue and is only now about to set as they make their covenant together. And God brought Abraham outside the tent during the day. The Bible says when the sun was still shining and told him, count the stars if you were able. Who was able to count any stars during the daytime? Who can do that? We, we can't do that. And, and, and like Abraham's yet to be born to sense are completely invisible at this point. He's not seeing any of these things happen. He's been praying. He's been believing. And yet, even in spite of that, Abraham trusted. He trusted that although he could not see the stars that he knew were there behind the blue curtain of the sky, although his wife was old and barren, 
And he was nearing the end of his first century of living. Whew. After all he went through, still Abraham trusted God. That he could believe God's promise that he would one day have children as firmly as he believed he knew that he would see the stars that night. You know, many of us are going through a test like Abram. And many of us are walking through different things in our life right now. And we're kind of in the tent right now. We've been believing God to do a lot of things in our life. We've been believing God for his promises to come to pass. But many of you are, most of us are probably still in the tent. And we're waiting for God to not only take us out of the tent, but show us and see our promises come to pass. And so when we get down, when we start to struggle, when we start to protest to God and say, God, why is this not happening? That usually means we went inside the tent. And have you ever been on a camping trip or we're in the wilderness somewhere and you might have set up a tent that you can sleep in and that would protect you from the elements? But what if you were inside the tent and this is what happens with me people and you never came out? You miss out on the hikes the fishing, experiencing nature, and all the adventure. Sometimes, when we're going through challenges, it's easy to just stay in the tent and miss the adventure. We've been hurt. Something didn't work out. We got down, and somehow, now we've lost our passion. You know, Abram felt that way. He and his wife, Sarah, couldn't have children and this was so heavy on Abram that he wondered if he would ever have a child or if any descendants would come from him. So he did what a lot of us do when we're down. He became sad, possibly depressed. He probably went into the tent and agonized over things if his dreams would ever come to pass. We wear the tent. That's where the enemy tries to work through our thoughts, doesn't he? The enemy makes you think things are worse than they really are. He wants to isolate you from reality and erase the possibilities. He wants to make you think that as long as you stay in the tent, you're safe. You're okay. But there's a difference between a covering and a lid. Don't put a lid when God already has you covered. God's covering doesn't keep you in the tent. It catapults you into your purpose. God doesn't author hardship, but uses it to strengthen us for greater conquests. See, here's the deal. The attacks against your life have much more to do with who you might be in the future than who you are be, have been in the past. I remember when my wife Sam and I felt the same way as Abram. We had just gotten the diagnosis that our son had autism. And all the dreams we had for our son, we thought seemed unreachable now. We wanted to stay in our tent, so to speak. Shelter ourselves from the pain. You know, me, special needs parents feel this way when they get their diagnosis and they think the vision they had for their child is over. So many become mostly 
shut into their homes where they shelter themselves from the world. But sometimes the things that break your heart end up fixing your vision. One day I read this passage in Genesis 15 where it says, Then the Lord took Abram outside of his tent and said to him, Look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. Because Abram got out of his tent, sure enough, God did what he promised. And Abraham's descendants were as many as the stars. As a matter of fact, we are all spiritual descendants of Abraham that are here today. Now that's what I call legacy, amen? My wife and I knew at that moment that if we would get out of the tent and look up at the stars, by faith, God would bring our dreams to pass. So we got out of our tent and start helping other people going through the same things that we were walking through. We start believing what God says about our son, that our son with autism, he is blessed and he cannot be cursed. That he is a victor and he's not a victim. That he will do great things in life. And sure enough, God began to work on our behalf and he literally pointed us to our destiny. Not only have our dreams come to pass, but he has exceeded our dreams for our son. You see, Connor just celebrated a year at his job and he got a raise and promotion. He's a high school graduate and God has allowed us through our church to impact thousands of special needs families around the world. We start Champions Clubs. They're developmental centers for children. Now there are 111 in 23 countries because God used our son. Not only that, but they say 80% of couples with special needs children, the parents end up in divorce. But I'm happy to say that me and my wife are going on 33 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting stronger than ever and God's working within our life you see our family loves and serves God and God is stronger than ever in our life but this possibly never would have happened if we would have stayed in the tent if we would have stayed right there maybe you feel like you're in the tent today you've kept yourself sheltered feeling a little hopeless Maybe you're worrying that your dreams won't come to pass. Maybe you've lost your passion, gotten down on yourself and let fear keep you where you're at. But you can't get your new while holding on to your now. God is the God of right now. He doesn't want you sitting around regretting yesterday. He wants you focusing on what he is saying to you right now. And he's saying, it's time to believe again, amen? It's time to stand up. It's time to rise up and be counted. Let, like Abram, put your faith into action. God has big plans for you and you are a star just waiting to sign. And if you'll get out of your tent right now, you'll begin to look up at the stars and you'll start believing 
like we believe, we got out of our tent and we begin to look up at the stars, God can do for you what he did for us. Here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to stand up tonight. I want you to lift up your phones tonight. Turn your cameras on. I want you to hold them up like lights in the sky. And I want you to know that if God can do it for Sam and I, can he do it for you? What dream do you have in your heart tonight? You may be in the tent, but God's bringing you out of the tent. And he's going to bring you to the dream that's going to come to pass. I'm so proud of you tonight. You've gotten out of the tent. God has not forgotten you. The promise he told you, it is going to come to pass. But he's been waiting for you to get out of the tent and begin to believe again. He's been waiting for you to not look at your circumstances or worry. Some of you have even forgotten about your dreams because it hasn't come to pass for so long. But when God brought Abram out of the tent and he began to look at the stars, it reminded him that God created all those stars. If he created all those stars, can't he bring your miracle to pass? Can't he shift that thing in your life right now? Can he do it for you? I'll never forget in my lowest moment when I was in the tent and I told some of the crowd this this morning I was literally in the car after my wife told me about my son having the worst meltdown and I thought this was going to be my life sometimes we're in the tent and we get a diagnosis or, or, or we haven't heard from God for a long time we think well this is our lot in life you know, it's kind of like Lot, right? What Lot went through. That's why they say that. This is our Lot in life. And when we're in that tent, see, we put a lid over ourselves and, and it does feel safe and we want to shelter ourselves from the pain. But I'll never forget when I was seeing that car and God just said to me, Greg, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I said, God, you're all we've got. I... I there is no cure for autism unless you heal my son, but I trust you. And it was that simple point of saying, I trust you, that's when I got out of the tent. And when I stepped out of that tent, I opened myself to what God could do. And within three months later, my son who hadn't spoken for three years spoke his first words. first words he spoke a spiritual declaration and then God here's the great thing about when you get out of the tent not only does he give you his mir that miracle but then he begins to use you in ways you never thought possible he begins to, to help you impact other other people so you're you become blessed to be a blessing to somebody else and I don't know what you've been dreaming for but tonight because of your faith just like the faith of Abraham. Listen, God's about to bring you into your stars. God's about to bring you into your miracle. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but you've already taken the first step. You've gotten out of the tent tonight. And now God's going to show you everything he wants to do. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to believe in faith tonight. I want you to lift your hands. If you're needing a miracle, if you're ready for that promise to come to pass, we're going to pray for that right now. And I believe 
that the stars are aligning right now, that God is aligning the stars right now for your miracle, for your breakthrough, for your situation, for, for your promise to come to pass. Heavenly Father, you see each and every one of these people today. God, they have taken a step of faith. They've been in the tent, Father. They've dealt with worry. They've dealt with all these emotions. They've dealt with all these things. They've been a struggle. But Father, today, Lord Jesus, you are bringing them out of the tent. And just like Abram, Father, you are showing them uh, what you're about to do in their life. And God, it's going to be amazing. God, it's going to shift things for their life. God, their breakthrough is here. But it took this step of faith tonight to get out of that tent and allow you to work within their lives. So I believe tonight that chains are being broken in Jesus' name. I believe that walls that have been up for years are being torn down in Jesus' name. I believe that relationships that they've been praying for are coming back together again. I believe that sons and daughters are coming back home. I believe that marriages are being healed. I believe that financial breakthrough is coming through in Jesus' name. I believe, Lord Jesus, that God, those dreams that they've had in their hearts for so long, Lord Jesus. God, you're bringing hope alive again in their hearts. God, those dreams are not only going to come to pass, but at the right time, Lord Jesus, you are going to multiply it. You are going to take them places that they never dreamed in their life, Lord Jesus. And it's because, Father, just like Abraham, faith to believe that, God, you, you were able to do it in his life, I believe tonight that you're going to do it in their life, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we give you all the praise for what you're about to do. Breakthrough is on its way. They've come out of the tent. They're looking up in the stars and hope is coming. Now here's what I want you to do. To keep up alive, you can't just do it here. Stay out of the tent when you get home. <laughs> Listen to me. Stay out of the tent when you get home. Now your faith is in action. Now start believing every day. And God's going to begin to do that. And I believe that we'll begin to see hope alive one more time. Come on, let's just stand, Serena. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done tonight. God, that you've got us out of that tent. We, we are lifting our eyes again. We are believing again, God. Our faith has been activated. We thank you, God, for what you've done in our lives tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.